When I was growing up, I had a tendency to test people. My mom was one of the, uh, the people that I liked to test the most. Especially uh, at Walmart and at Rouse's. Because when, I'm check- when we were checking out, there's a candy display. And like I was telling the kids, I, 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 I really enjoy a Snickers bar every so often. But usually that conversation of testing my mother sounded a little bit like this. Mom, I, I really want a Snickers bar. Like, can I please have a Snickers bar? No, you don't need that. We're about to have dinner. You're going to ruin your dinner. But like, I was really good in school this, this week. I got my name on the board once every day. Um, no, you don't need a Snickers bar. But mom, come on, like, please, like, it's just one, and you got, like, plenty of money. No, you don't need a Snickers bar, and if you ask again, you're going to be punished. <sighs> well, I mean, it's just one. That's why. Shut up. <laughs> and then it gradually escalated worse and worse and worse until we got to the car, and let's say corporal punishment was waiting for me. Today, Jesus is getting tested. And some wisdom that my mom had after a few years of doing this applies to the Pharisees. My mom used to have this this saying that she would tell us, do not try to embarrass me because you will be the one that is embarrassed. Do not even try because when you're crying in public, you're going to have egg on your face. Today, the Pharisees are trying to test Jesus. And they could learn a little bit of wisdom from my mother. Don't test him. Don't try to embarrass him. Because you will be the one that is embarrassed. Seems like a very simple, basic question that we have in the Gospel today being proposed to Jesus. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? very plain, simple statement that all of us have heard probably some kind of homily on about giving to the government and giving to politics what they deserve and, and keeping what we can for ourselves. But there's a, there's a subtlety in this question that we may miss now 2,000 years later, not, being, not living in the, uh, the social structure of the time. See, in Jerusalem at the time, there were two real factions of power. You had the political, which were the Romans, and you had the ecclesial, or, the, or the, the Jewish leaders, who were the religious leaders. Right? That was the Pharisees. And by the Pharisees asking this question, they propose a yes-no question to Jesus, trying to catch him. Because if this question is, yes, it is lawful to pay the census tax, well, the Romans would be like, right on. And the Jews, who they, they, those two factions kind of fought, the Jews would, would probably turn on Jesus. They wouldn't follow him. Because he's taking the side of the oppressors. But then again, if Jesus says, no, it's not lawful to pay the tax. Now the Jews are happy because, hey, he's on our side. But the Romans would probably get pretty mad and have some way of punishing him. 
which could be all could could be as serious as death. So Jesus is kind of stuck. But do not try to embarrass our Lord, because you will be the one that is embarrassed. His response is he co- he gets a coin, a simple coin that pays the census tax, and looks at it and says, "Whose image is on it?" Now, similar to how our money has our old presidents, um, religion, or historical uh, national heroes, there's an image on the coin of Caesar. And what he says is, is that, well, Caesar's image is imprinted on the coin. It belongs to Caesar. Give it to Caesar. But what is for God? That which God's image has been imprinted in, give to God. Now, why is that such a genius and at the same time profound statement? A coin is just a coin. He says, you can give it. But the image of God resides in one place. And the religious leaders know where it is because they know their Bible. They know their scriptures. They know that in Genesis, when God created man and woman, he made them in his image and in his likeness. So what he says is, essentially, is give your money wherever it belongs, fine. But give yourselves to God. Now, this is very profound. This is a very big thing where, he's, where he turns it on the religious leaders as it's not about money, it's not about worldly things, it's about where do we invest ourselves? Where do we invest the true treasures of our life? And even to today, this teaching trickles down, but it's still just as profound for us. Where is it that we give ourselves? Do we give ourselves to our jobs? Do we give ourselves to the Lord? Do we give ourselves to some kind of sin? Where is it that we invest ourselves? Today, we also celebrate, as I said at the beginning of Mass, World Mission Sunday. This is a Sunday where we're able to reflect on Where is it that we invest ourselves? Where is it that we give ourselves? And where is it that we recognize that image and likeness being shared amongst humanity? I remember remember also going when I was uh, in seminary, we went to a mission trip in Guatemala. And we're on our way to the village where we were going to work and stuff. But at the very beginning of it, we spent a night in Guatemala City. And the first night, we had some teachers from the local school come in and just to talk with us. They were kind of giving us an idea of what's kind of the political situation, what's, how's the poverty rate, like things like this. Just kind of giving us a glimpse of what we were walking into. And we broke up into small groups and I remember sitting with a couple of my classmates and the teacher asked us the question, what is it that you're looking to like achieve? What are you looking to do? What are you looking to get from this experience? And as we all kind of thought, I raised my hand because I like to talk and I was going to be the first one to answer. Um, but like many people who talk first, I put my foot in my mouth. I started by saying, I love, I, I, I'm really excited because like, I get to come give whatever I can to these people 
to fix their problems and then like to leave after having served and having done something good for someone else. And I was like, yeah, that was a good answer. And she looked at me and she just kind of like had that look where she kind of looks through me and she says, drop that. Don't go in with that mentality. Well, why? Like, I think that's a noble cause. Come try and give what I can, serve these people, get them out of a situation, fix something for them and leave. And she said, your job is not to fix these people. And if you approach it like that, you're going to look at them as a project before you look at them as people. Your job is, your job is to walk with them for a week. To be with them for a week. You're going to go home and guess what? They're going to still be in poverty, no matter how hard you try. Let them impact you as much as you wish to impact them. Oh, three days later, I found myself in a shack that's a, in, our, in, like in our country would have been a really, really like beat down, broken shed that this woman was living in with a dirt floor four walls of, made of tin, a roof with holes in it. And I'm talking to this woman, Maria Dolores, Our Lady of Sorrows, who she was named after. Talking to her, and it wasn't until we walked in her house, and I'm trying to speak with her in broken Spanish, and she turns to me and she hands each one of my classmates a cup of coffee and a piece of bread each that I understood what it meant to really give from poverty. What it meant to really be generous to those around us. What it meant to really open up our homes and our hearts to other people to have an impact on them. It's a beautiful experience. But if I would have gone in with this mentality of they're broken, they're impoverished, and looked at them as a, po a project, that needed to be fixed, as opposed to a person who needed to be met, I would have missed it. I would have completely missed it. Maria Dolores is made in the image and likeness of God. But I could have easily have labeled her poor woman. All of our, in all of our lives, we have people around us who we have a tendency to label. They're this, they're that, they're a piece of work, they're other things. When God is really calling us, like God is calling us as Christians, God is calling us as his disciples to meet them and to recognize their inherent dignity, that they are created in the image and likeness of God. That God chose, that Jesus Christ, God chose to send his son to be a, a person to be a human being, to raise up our human dignity, to give us hope that we could be like him one day. And he did that for all of us. Not just the people in our family who go to church every Sunday. Or not just the people that we work with that have the same political view as us. Or not just the people at school that we like to hang out with. God calls all of us to recognize that each of us is made in the image and likeness of God. That each of us has a dignity. And that each of us, by the very nature of who we are, 
belong to him. On this World Mission Sunday, absolutely, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are in the third world. And absolutely, we don't want to look at them as a project. We don't want to look at them through what they don't have. When in reality, their faith a lot of times is much more vibrant than we have in our culture. But we also can look to our backyard. We can look to the missions, the mission fields of cutoff. They exist. There are people who are steeped in sin, steeped in depression, steeped in hard times, that live down our street, that live next door to us, that are in our families. And God is calling each of us, because of their dignity, to reach out to them, to meet them where they are, and to accompany them to the gospel in a loving, faithful, hopeful, and gentle way. This is, the, this is the, the refrain that Pope Francis has continued to preach, has continued to promote. And this is the call of each one of us as we continue to grow, as we continue to come to the table and be strengthened by the sacrament, to go to confession, be strengthened by the sacraments, the graces of God, that we are called to go out and really announce the gospel. Go out and evangelize those in our families. Go out and be with the people who struggle and who need to hear Jesus' name most. So our call today, our call as Christians, but really our call as human beings, is to meet those who are, who are hurt. Meet those who are depressed. Meet those who are down. And to walk with them to our Lord.